Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. spend all this money let's build for the next hundred years not just build yeah. what we needed 20 years ago but let's build right. for the future hey i'd love to hear from both of you how dc journalists are adjusting to the biden era jim this is your first weekend anchoring here on, on on saturday and sunday afternoons do you feel like your rundown your lineup is is really different than it would have been in the trump years when you're asking me if i was run down i thought you were referring <laughs> to how i felt during the trump era uh no i think that you know listen uh we're i think we're all dealing with some post-trump stress disorder See, I want to turn to you on this because there is something about watching this. And as, again, as a layperson, I look at this and I saw the video of people standing around. And as a layperson, I wonder, I'm witnessing a murder before me if I'm standing there. Legally, I want if I'm a bystander and I want to go and knock this police officer off Mr. Floyd and this man's life. But legally, I'm not allowed to do that. So what is the recourse? If you're standing there as a civilian watching a police officer murder someone, you outnumber him. What's the recourse? What are we supposed to do when witnessing something like stand back and, and watch this man die? I mean, we're mortal beings. Obviously, we fear death. But legally, is there something that people can do when these incidents happen? You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that. And I'm also uh, I was terrified of that question. I, I saw an impassioned interview with uh, Professor Cornell West where he yes. talked about uh, a willingness to intervene. And as a defense attorney, um, I can't advise anybody to do something that's against the law. And, and, and right. that is something that's patently against the law. Moreover, it's, it's dangerous. They have the power of guns. And I hate to, I hate to as a us versus them thing, but melanated people understand that that's largely what it's been historically. So I would advise anybody record, try mm -hmm. to intervene, call 911. Please don't physically intervene. Please don't physically intervene. I say that with all due respect to uh, Professor West, I understand where he's coming from, but I would say that that's a very, very dangerous position. And we, we might be looking at two dead people and not one. And so, you know, and, and that's an unfortunate truth, Tiffany. I really would like to say something more woke and, and, and more, um, you know, more. Uh, but but that's honestly, it's a dangerous position. I think the Masters golf tournament should be moved out of Georgia. I think that's up to the, uh, the Masters. And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It is the 7th of April year of our Lord, 2021 little late start today got a sick puppy she got fixed and she's been glued to poppy so i haven't been able to put her down until right now our intro of course is that little twat fucking jim acosta we have ptsd i'm not even going to cover that that's so disrespectful to the vets 
of this country because, you know, there's people that really have seen shit. You didn't see anything making millions of dollars writing books off of Trump. And we got a good segment on that uh, today because it's it's pretty much a comedy skit from Greg Gutfeld. Very funny. So you just shut your fucking mouth. Then you literally have, uh, here's a black lawyer. He's proof that the system's bullshit, that there isn't in systemic racism. I mean, he's black and he's a lawyer, which means he went to college. And he clearly making a lot more money than me, you, and most people listening to this phone, uh, this uh, podcast do. But um, he ain't woke enough to say go beat up a cop. But they'll do anything for that. They just will. And then, of course, Biden learning, shut your fucking mouth. Okay? So this is, I had a neat little soundbite of a shotgun blowing up, but I'm not going to play it. But this is going to be a quick podcast because, you know, I got things to do with the puppy. So I'm going to do a lot of headlines and some sound bites, but I wanted to start with fascism. We have so much fascism going on in the world right now um, from this administration that it's comedic and it must be pointed out because these are the people that said Trump was such a fascist. I mean, we got Iowa, buy a gun, carry. That's where we're at now. We got... Left-wing people, a left-wing New York Times colonist, Clinton's assault weapon ban, didn't do anything. That's what they're saying. But we have the fascism of global proportion, and I was going to play it, but I really can't because I can't get the goddamn soundbite to download. But part of his infrastructure, because most of this is going to be on, you know, two laws, we're going to persecute people that we don't agree with politically. By financially, they want to jack the country up with high taxation. Now, I got a, a class the other day from Ben Shapiro. It was a good class. And, you know, the, the, the Tucker, or the Tucker, the Trump, I got a picture of Tucker up right now because it's one of the articles. Um, the Trump tax plan pretty much punished you if you, as a state, tax the shit out of your people. Well, the Biden plan's going to hook up lefties, and they're going to be able to include their local taxation into their federal earnings and punish you if you are in a state like me that has no sales tax, has no local tax, so I don't get taxed as much burden, so I'm going to get more tax burden with the federal code. But the worst part of it is just not me and you. It's corporate taxes. So they're going to jack up the corporate taxes, and as we learned with Obama, people offshore their stuff. They go to other countries. So what do these cocksuckers do? They want to bully the world into raising a minimum tax. And I don't know, I can't get the soundbite to work, so we'll just talk it over. But that is like some big-time fascism. We are going to fuck our people, and now we're going to bully you into raising your taxes. Now, there's a cut side to that. If we start this global minimum tax, what says we get to set that tax? It'll turn into the UN. So then foreign countries like China, who got no money problems, are going to be like, I'm going to raise them a fucking minimum tax. I'm going to keep fucking America. That's how fucking fascist these people are. They're not just fascist to red states. They want to be fascist to the world. 
just to the world and bully them to raise taxes because they don't have the wherewithal to realize economically their shit ain't going to work. People are just going to offshore their money. If I was rich, I would offshore my shit like you wouldn't believe. I put my money somewhere else so you couldn't give me all the penalties you're going to give because somebody died or I won the lottery or what have you. These people are so scary. But in nowhere is it worse than with the letter of the law. We're going to play a long Tucker soundbite, but before it, two teen girls accused of carjacking killer Uber Eats driver reach plea deals. On Monday, the teens reportedly reached a plea deal with the prosecutors to ensure they will not be held past the age of 21 nor be placed in a prison facility. Last week, the teens appeared on Via Video killing that guy. According to the Washington Post, Lindman gave no indication that her office would try to transfer the older teen's case to adult court. Under D.C. law, a 13-year-old could be prosecuted. But if you're the right skin color and you kill people that aren't important, you get one law. But if they were two white kids, oh, they'd be going down the pokey. It would be murder. And the Chauvin stuff is key point. It isn't about Chauvin. It's not about that was the law. It's not about as we learn. I mean, seriously, I hope I, I, I did I make it a, a gif? Tell me I, I'm a gif. Listen to me going all old school. Uh, I'm fucking my, there it is. George Floyd's drug dealer just refused to just uh, testify because he could be found guilty of third degree murder for selling Floyd the drugs that proximately caused his death. So he's not going to go out and testify. He's going to plead the fucking fifth. But that doesn't matter that Floyd died because of a drug overdose. It's that it was a white cop. We've now hyped this up. I mean, a whole article, Twitter blue checks, rush to assume capital shooter was white. And as you see, it's off the news. It's gone. There were so many people. I I moved my desk. If you notice me kind of going down lower, it's just fucking a pain in the ass. Without having the slightest cue about security into the Capitol, I'm going to go ahead and call it a white nationalist. And these are thousands of other people that did it that I didn't even cover. Media quickly move on from the man who killed the Capitol policeman because it's not about the policeman. It's not about the policeman. It's about the narrative. And Tucker blows it out the door with what's happening to people that went to the Capitol riot where nobody died, no cops died. There's no evidence he died of being assaulted. It's all a lie. Everybody knows it. But narrative, 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 these people are still unable to leave jail on bail for trespassing. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Today is the three-month anniversary of January 6th. For those of you who aren't good at dates or don't have calendars, this is the day that we pause to remember the white supremacist QAnon insurrection that came so very close to toppling our government and ending this democracy forever. You saw what happened. It was carried live on television every gruesome moment. A mob of older people from unfashionable zip codes somehow made it all the way to Washington, D.C., probably by bus. They wandered freely through the Capitol like it was their building or something. They didn't have guns, but a lot of them had extremely dangerous ideas. They talked about the Constitution and something called their rights. 
Some of them made openly seditious claims. They insisted, for example, that the last election was not entirely fair. The whole thing was terrifying. And then, as you've been told so very often, they committed unspeakable acts of violence. By the time thousands of soldiers arrived to restore order, an unarmed woman, an Air Force veteran, lay dead. To this day, that woman is the one completely verified casualty of the insurrection, the only person whose death we can say definitively was caused by specific events on January 6th. We know how she died. The funny thing is you almost never hear that woman's name. Possibly that's because she was not a Democratic member of Congress or even a Joe Biden voter. She was a protester. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was 35. We still don't know who shot Ashley Babbitt or why. No one will tell us. But then when you're fighting insurrectionists, you don't have to explain yourself. You just hyperventilate about QAnon and then you do whatever you want. When a group of sad, disenfranchised people who've been left out of the modern economy show up at your office, you don't have to listen to their complaints. Not for a second. Why would you? You thought listening to people's complaints was democracy? No, these people threaten democracy. You could even shoot one of them if you want and get away with it. Killing people without explaining yourself is an established part of counterinsurgency. And if you don't believe it, check out what happened in the Second World War. President Franklin Roosevelt set aside December 7, 1941 as a day that will live in infamy. Unfortunately, we can now add January 6, 2021, short list of dates in American history that will live forever in infamy. January 6th was Pearl Harbor, says Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Schumer has never really gotten appropriate credit for the grandeur of that statement, considering the very next day after Pearl Harbor, we entered the Second World War. That war went on for four years. More than 400,000 Americans died. But that was the cost of stopping fascism. We don't yet know the cost of stopping white supremacist QAnon insurrection, but you can be certain that Chuck Schumer is prepared to have you pay whatever it costs. Joe Biden's Justice Department is on the front lines of this new war. Until late last month, a man called Michael Sherwin worked for the Biden administration as a prosecutor in Washington. Sherwin bragged that his office had rounded up about 400 people who were in or near the Capitol on January 6th. You may be wondering, did 400 people really commit serious crimes that day? Well, that depends how you define crime. Listen to Michael Sherwin's definition. After the 6th, we had an inauguration on the 20th. So I wanted to ensure, and our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible before the 20th. And it worked because we saw through media posts that people were afraid to come back to DC because they were like, if we go there, we're gonna get charged. We wanted to take out those individuals that essentially were thumbing their noses at the, the public for what they did. Oh, so now it's clear. It wasn't that 400 people broke actual laws, no. Their crime, says the federal prosecutor, was, quote, thumbing their noses at the public, meaning the Democratic Party. So it wasn't really an insurrection. The problem was they showed disrespect to Joe Biden and his enforcers like Michael Sherwin, and that can't happen anymore. And that's why Michael Sherwin decided to use shock and awe to teach them a very nasty lesson, a permanent lesson about expressing their political opinions in public. As Michael Sherwin explained, quote, the scope and scale of this investigation are really unprecedented, not only in FBI history, but probably DOJ history. And he may be right. How big, how serious is this investigation into those insurrectionists? 
so serious that the FBI has stopped investigating other crimes and not minor crimes. According to USA Today, quote, investigators who typically work cases involving the trafficking of drugs, child pornography and sex have taken calls from rioters, angry ex-wives and former girlfriends and employers turned tipsters. Oh, so in order to stop people who might express unacceptable political ideas in Washington, D.C., we're not going after people who sell fentanyl, for example, killed over 100,000 Americans or child pornographers. They won't be punished. So who are these people who are being pursued in lieu of tracking down fentanyl dealers and child pornographers? Who's experiencing the administration's shock and awe? Well, people like Anthony Alfred Griffith of Oklahoma. Griffith didn't throw firebombs at police cars. He didn't loot anything. He didn't torture Wendy's. He did something far worse than that. Here's what he did. According to KFOR TV, quote, Griffith walked into the U.S. Capitol building through the open doors on January 6th, telling the agents he did not see any police officers as he entered the building. He then went to a nearby office where he interacted with some individuals before exiting the building. However, he re-entered the U.S. Capitol building again a short time later, where he meandered through the hallways and took a few photos, end quote. He meandered through the hallways, if you can imagine. And for that act of terrorism, Anthony Griffith faces seven years in prison. Prosecutor Michael Sherwin is fine with that. At one point in a 60 Minutes interview, Sherwin was asked about bringing sedition charges against the people he arrests, people who meander. Well, of course, sure, he said, why not? Sedition occurs when anyone opposes by force the authority of the United States or by force hinders or delays the execution of any law of the United States. Do you anticipate sedition charges against some of these suspects? I believe the facts do support those charges. Uh, and I think that as we go forward, more facts will support that, Scott. Yeah, meandering is sedition, says Michael Sherwin. Now, just for reference, Federal prosecutors typically aren't supposed to reveal their partisan lunatics on television. Sherwin's comments were so grotesquely out of line that a federal judge appointed by Barack Obama, Amit Mehta, said he was considering issuing a gag order to make Michael Sherwin be quiet and stop saying the quiet part out loud. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the most powerful appellate court in the country, just ordered the DOJ to start distinguishing actual criminals and people who walk through open doors inside the Capitol building. That ruling came after the DOJ tried to convince a judge that two defendants, Lisa Eisenhart and her son, Eric Munchell, should face indefinite detention. Now, neither Lisa Eisenhart nor her son damaged any property at the Capitol or committed any violence. They just walked in to what we used to refer to as the People's House. And yet somehow Joe Biden's Department of Justice convinced a trial judge that Lisa Eisenhart was a, quote, threat to our republic and that her son was a, quote, would be martyr. Keep in mind, these are people whose crime was trespassing in the Capitol. We're not endorsing that, but some perspective, please. It took a ruling from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to bring that perspective. Quote, two individuals who did not engage in any violence and who were not involved in planning or coordinating the activities seemingly would pose little threat, the appellate panel wrote. Yeah, seemingly. But the judges still didn't release Eric Munchell or his mother, Lisa Eisenhart. That's how much power federal prosecutors have. They can keep you in prison even when a three-judge appellate panel concludes there is no reason for you to be in prison. 
And that's probably why prosecutors still have not, as of tonight, released a man called Jacob Chansley, otherwise known as the Chewbacca guy. You may remember him. Like Eric Munchell and his mother, Lisa Eisenhart, Jacob Chansley is not accused of committing any act of violence. He's not accused of breaking any property. So what exactly did he do? Well, we can actually answer that question because it's on video. Hey! Hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. Yes. You good, sir? You need medical attention? I'm good, thank you. All right. I got shot in the face. Where are they? I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay, just want to let you guys know, this is like the sacredest place. I know. Yeah, he's a threat to the Republic, that American flag and all. Chewbacca guy is still in jail. He'll be there indefinitely. Before you shrug that off, think about what that's actually like. You don't want to think about it. Tonight we learned that a number of people arrested on January 6th are still rotting in the D.C. jail, the municipal lockup. That's one of the foulest places in this country. It's a truly repulsive and mismanaged place. Ask anyone from Washington, D.C. What would you do not to be thrown into the D.C. jail? It's that bad. Some of the people held from January 6th, they've been beaten, not surprisingly, by guards are beaten badly. Lawyers for one man, a man called Ryan Samsell, say he was beaten by guards so badly he has a skull fracture and he's now blind in one eye. How many Antifa rioters or BLM vandals can say that? Do they lose their eyesight from being beaten in jail? Well, as a group, they didn't spend much time in jail, actually. Most were sprung on bail immediately when politicians like Kamala Harris helped them pay to get out. Last summer, for example, authorities released a terrorism suspect in Oklahoma called Eric Christopher Ruffin after Black Lives Matter posted his $750,000 bond. According to authorities, Ruffin, quote, encouraged others to burn an Oklahoma County Sheriff's van in an Oklahoma City bail bonds business May 30th. The van was destroyed. The bail bondsman had $8,850 in damage from broken windows. But Eric Christopher Ruffin went home, and he went home for one reason. Unlike the Chewbacca guy, he did not upset the people in charge. He didn't walk in their sacred chamber, talk about liberty and rights. He just tried to vaporize some police vehicles. And that's exactly what our political class wanted him to do. So he's a hero. He's fine tonight. He hasn't lost his eyesight getting a beating in the D.C. jail. This kind of thing, unequal treatment under the law, is on stark display across the country right now. We could spend an hour giving you examples. Here are a couple. On Saturday, police say a criminal released on emergency coronavirus bail stabbed an elderly Asian woman to death in Riverside, California. The suspect is called Darlene Montoya. She was in jail for a very serious crime. She'd been accused of assault with a deadly weapon. But is that really as serious as meandering through the Capitol building? No, come on. It's not insurrection. So Darlene Montoya got to walk out of jail and find someone else to hurt. In December, a New York judge released a murder suspect called Jordan Benjamin, just in time for Benjamin to go out and allegedly stab a woman in the stomach. Jordan Benjamin then got out of jail again, again. Meanwhile, in the city of Detroit, a judge decided to release four felons who'd been convicted of criminal sexual assault and another 14 people who'd committed assault. The judge said that coronavirus justified their release. Well, according to prosecutors, one of those felons went out and raped three women at knife point. Why haven't you read this? Nobody covers it. It happens too often to notice. But in March, one of those murders were caught on video. 
And so you may have seen this. It was impossible to ignore. It happened in Washington, D.C. Two teenage girls, one 15, one 13, carjacked and then killed a Pakistani immigrant driver called Muhammad Anwar. Had a bunch of kids just trying to work, trying to make a buck. As Anwar lay, lay dying on the sidewalk, and this gives you a sense of where these girls were coming from, one of them complained that the real crisis was she couldn't find her cell phone. No, this is my car. No, my car. She's stealing their car. She's stealing the car. Yeah, we called the cop. Call the cops. Call the cops. They stole the car. These girls stole the car. Oh my god! Oh my god! Hey, come out! Come out! Hey, they stole the car. They stole the car. These girls. Who else? Who That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So you kill a, <clears throat> kill a guy who's just trying to work, and then you can't even be bothered to notice as he dies in the sidewalk because you're worried about your phone. There's a big problem with these girls. They're young, for sure, but they did something awful. They're not being treated that way. They got a plea deal. According to news accounts, they will be released as soon as they turn 21, maybe earlier. There's a good chance that Chewbacca guy will spend more time in jail for trespassing with an American flag than the people who killed Mohammed Anwar will spend for murder. And that's not an accident, actually, this disproportionate treatment of crimes. If you're an autocrat, the biggest threat isn't people who commit actual violence. You can use them as your shock troops, and the people who run our country certainly have. The biggest threat to you if you're an autocrat is people who mock you and don't take you seriously and sneer at you. You want them in prison, and they're putting them in prison. The problem with all this is this is how you start a civil war. This is how you start having real extremism. When you have us and them laws as we're applying, you call one thing an insurrection, but you call a summer of violence and looting and beating and murder and 36 fucking cop or was it 600 cops injured, 36 Americans killed, dozen cops. I don't even know the numbers now. I think it's up to 36. I want to say it's still 36 that were killed in the summer. That's not a crime. Most of them released. They didn't, nothing went wrong. They didn't do anything. They're the right skin color. Or really, it's not even about skin color. It's about political persuasion. And nowhere, can, and this is out of order because this is voting. Tyrus, if you haven't watched Gutfeld, pretty funny. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. But he laid down some voting logic, but I think this applies to pretty much everything we're talking about in our country. I'm glad you uh, got dressed today. <laughs> oh, because in my culture, we wear tracksuits. Are you attacking a black man on his wardrobe, bro? Because I'd wear a suit, but you know, I don't like you. So I need to let my stuff breathe, bro. I find the most insulting thing <laughs> yes. for me, and this is why I have such issues with it. I always talk about that reverse racism, that polite racism. Mm -hmm. My culture, my people, we came up out of slavery. We came up out of Jim Crow. We came up not getting jobs. And we don't have the ability to get an ID. Yeah. Are, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's just embarrassing to me that that's what they try to do. And they try to put it on us. Like, we're the only ones affected. Like, oh, this is against black people. So you're saying we're the only ones who can't get IDs? 
Like, it's ridiculous. Here's the deal. When you try to influence people to vote for you and you want to herd them in like cattle to vote your way, it's annoying when they have IDs and ideas. So you don't want that. Right. So you'll just line, you'll go to a neighborhood and be like, get on the bus, everyone get on the bus, everyone vote for Biden, let's go, let's go, let's everyone vote for the guy I want. And sure, then there's no IDs there. <laughs> so that's the problem. That's the real issue. And here's the thing about moving. Hank Aaron. This was supposed to be a celebration of Hank Aaron. Mm -hmm. This brother was breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. He had real racist death threats. People were wanting to kill him, wanting bad things to happen to him. Did he ask to be traded to the San Diego Padres? No. He went up there and he hit the damn home run. He stood his ground. And we remember it today. And he's a hero today. So to, if he would have packed up his bag and left, yeah. he wouldn't have a story. Is that what you're telling us? If you disagree with something, we'll just go somewhere else. That's what that's the, the part that bothers me so much because it goes against everything that my ancestors fought for to pack up and leave. We're going to go. And it's embarrassing to me. I, I just it's keep it real. It has nothing to do with black people. It has everything to do with your party and how to do. If you lose an election, you can still run stuff. You're not the governor, but you are the governor. So we got to get rid of everything. So that, I'm just breaking it down as real as I can be. It has absolutely nothing to do with the color of your skin. It has to do with, I want you to vote this way. And if you have an ID, you probably got your own idea. Mm, you can't spell idea without... ID. There you go. That flows into every fucking thing we deal with. Media, omission, everything is about... You being ignorant, you being controlled, it's not a black and white issue with Democrats or the media. They make it a black and white issue for ratings and to scare people to vote. It's like, I'm going to play excerpts in our woke today from, uh, what what's the name of the fucking series? I, I never seen it and I saw it on ABC, Soul of a Nation. And it's going over once again, once again. Tulsa and trying to raise discourse in the country. Here's the hill. Gun ownership among black Americans is soaring. They don't go into the reality that black Americans are scared of other people that are in lily white fucking Antifa motherfuckers in skinny jeans eating, drinking chai latte or the BLM activists that they ain't down with. They don't talk about that. No, they put a picture of NAF. Because they want to bait people to say, we don't want those N-words to have motherfucking guns. It's all disinformation, sleight of hand for power. And to continue down my road that everybody that was anti-Trump is now super liberal because they don't know how to turn back because they got exposure there. Bill Christopher, Vermont has done an exceptional job on COVID stats. That guy used to be the leading conservative thought. But once again, we're, we're, we, we don't know what to do. We're going to stay with the line. And the line is everything conservative is evil and racist because we've been saying it for four years. Where, how do we go back? I mean, for fuck's sake, not in the media. Biden's going to start building the wall. Basaki was just totally, you know, she didn't even know what to say because I thought the wall was racist. And nowhere is it more evident than the war on Christianity. Because those values make you take accountability. Own your own life. If you fail, it's on you. It's not blame everybody else. We can't have that on the left. 
It's more than just those people don't vote for us. It is that ideology doesn't make you obedient. And here's a great article, I'm not going to read it, from Prager. The American Civil War is over Judeo-Christian values. And it's true. Because devout Catholic Biden, in his Easter address, never spoke of Jesus. He spoke of COVID. Because COVID is control. Ralph Warnock blasphemes Christmas, uh, Christians and Christianity on his Easter. The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we're able to save ourselves. The collective. We're talking collective. People's replies. Politics aside, this is a false teaching. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek Romans 1.16. This is hearsay, but he's a pastor. And if you say that, you're a racist. It can't be about Jesus. It can't be about Christianity. All weekend, there was nothing but tweet after tweet, fuck your religion, fuck your religion, fuck your religion. Because Tucker... And I'm going to read this. Nails it. They're enslaved. Tucker Carlson warns against America's increasing replacing religion with politics. Speaking with Fox News host Bill Hammer, Dame Perino about the recent Gallup poll noting U.S. church membership church membership has declined by 50%, Carlson noted such a trend has never happened. This is the result of a long-term trend. This is the result of a liberation movement, a liberation movement that sought to liberate Americans from the constraints of traditional religion. And like all liberation movements in this country, at a certain point it becomes the opposite of what it purports to be. Are people really more liberated than they, they were when they believed in God? Are they less anxious? Look, everyone dies in the end. And if you don't acknowledge that or provide an explanation for what happens after you die, then people are filled with existential dread, with anxiety. And maybe drug abuse skyrockets and suicides and hopelessness and all the conventional signs of despair like the ones we're seeing now. And so actually people are liberated by fleeing from the meaning, from God, from religion. They're enslaved. Look at the country. And... It goes on because what they've done is they've replaced religion with the religion of intersectionality. That's the religion. That's what these people are down with. They don't want you to believe in a higher being. They don't want you to believe in anything but Their religion, the religion of intersectionality, it transcends every one of their issues. It says you're an ist or an obe or this or that if you don't believe what we're saying. And even after Pinocchio's, even after everything, it's no more evident than in our voting and our media continuing to lie. The press secretary continuing to lie And only one person on CNN with the temerity to go, this is all a lie. 
The growing showdown between Republicans and big business over the GOP's efforts to change voting laws in the wake of the 2020 election. Major League Baseball has announced it is pulling this year's all-star game from Georgia over one such law in the state. A number of big businesses in Georgia, though, including Delta and Coca-Cola, have criticized the law, leading Republicans to threaten retaliation. This is somewhat divided Democrats. On the one hand, you've got uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, uh, supporting the move by Major League Baseball. But Stacey Abrams, prominent Democrat in the state, says while she commends Major League Baseball, she's disappointed about the impact this move could have on families there. It's impacting small businesses. It impacts corporations that hire not just corporate officers, but administrative assistants, people who clean up the building, work in the cafeteria. And so I respect the decision, understand the decision. But I don't like the fact that we have been put in this position by our state legislature and our governor because the people of Georgia will suffer. Yeah. Mayor Bottoms, you've said that other dominoes may fall as a result of this law in your state. Have you heard from other companies who have already signaled that they're not going to do business in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia because of it? It's not too late for the governor and the legislators to go back do something differently. They can go back in January. They can fix this very broken and ill-conceived law. The governor and the Republicans in your state legislature do not appear to be break. Do not appear to be backing down. They say they are standing firm. Are you worried that this will now backfire against your state and your city? I'm absolutely concerned. The sports world and corporate America pushing back against that new law, too. As President Biden now says he supports calls to move the MLB All-Star game out of Georgia because of it. And CEOs of Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola, both based in Atlanta, are slamming the law as unacceptable. And this all goes way beyond Georgia. According to new numbers out this morning from the nonpartisan Brennan Center for Justice, lawmakers introduced 108 bills to restrict voting in less than five weeks this spring. By late March, you had some 361 restrictive election bills in 47 state legislatures. That's 108 more bills than in the center's last count in February, a 43% increase. So, Hallie, again, President Biden is speaking out against this. Now, even though we are seeing the CEOs come up, and as there's been more pressure, more calls on big businesses like Delta and Coke. Uh, you know, some people say that even with these stronger statements, that's not enough. So that's why in about two hours from now, a little less than two hours, we're going to see a number of religious leaders here in Atlanta actually hold a news conference here in downtown calling for protests, calling for official protests, saying that, yes, even though the ink is uh, dried here in, in Georgia and the ship has sailed, they want these businesses to actually do more, uh, not only to support uh, House Bill 1 and House Bill 4, but also to oppose what they call restrictive legislation around the country. Hallie. This is Oberman versus Conf Georgia. Great. Now, boycott the Masters. Not only has Major League Baseball unexpectedly done exactly the right thing by moving its all-star game out of Atlanta, but it has just as importantly opened the floodgates and put a target on the back of every major sports event, every major non-sports event, and every corporation doing business with Georgia. As an aside, when baseball announced this, thank goodness I was at a checkup in my cardiologist's office. The next big opportunity to do the right thing is Thursday, the Masters Golf Tournament. It's not likely they're going to move it out of Augusta, Georgia. The course was segregated there until 1990. The double meaning in a former slave state of Masters is also no coincidence. 
they will play that tournament. But that does not mean it has to count for anything, nor that it has to be shown on TV. The PGA Tour should declare that the Masters is not an official event and will not be recognized as a major tournament, and ESPN and CBS should not televise it, nor in Canada should the TSN network. Baseball acted quickly and decisively and in so doing saved its celebration of Jackie Robinson Day on the 15th. The people behind the Masters don't give a damn about any of that, but the TV networks and the sponsors have to. It is against them that the pressure must build. More importantly, the light bulbs must tonight go off over the heads of many different groups. Georgia lawmakers, Georgia corporations still trying to talk their way out of this like Delta and Coke, Atlanta-based corporations who have said almost nothing like UPS, Home Depot, Arby's. Indeed, everybody opposed to the Georgia apartheid voting laws, everybody must realize now this is economic war. The goal now is to keep American money out of Georgia until the state repeals these laws and atones for them. Because Georgia is where the forces of fascism have chosen to start this fight. Laws like theirs have now been proposed by Trump acolytes in 42 other states. These monsters cannot be appeased, they must be broken. The next battlefield is Augusta, Georgia, April 8th. Boycott the Masters.
And then just one more quick one on Georgia to put a bow on it. Um, is the president going to change the way that he talks about the new Georgia voting law? Because uh, in that interview that you referenced, he said the law would end voting at 5 o'clock when working people are just getting off. And he said it would end voting hours early so working people can't cast their vote after their shift is over. But the Washington Post gave that claim for Pinocchios because that part of the law gives counties the option to extend voting hours. And so I'm just curious if the president is going to change the way that he's talking. Well, fundamentally, the president doesn't believe it should be made harder to vote. He believes it should be easier. Uh, and this bill makes it harder to request and return an absentee ballot. It collapses the length of Georgia's runoff election, making it harder for large jurisdictions to offer early voting. It imposes rigid new restrictions on local officials' ability to set polling hours to suit the needs of voters in their county. Those are all pieces of the bill. So his uh, view is that we need to make it easier and not harder to vote, and that will continue to be what he advocates for. But the thing he said has been determined by election law experts to be not true. So I'm just curious if he's going to stop saying that. Well, again, I think we can, uh, the fact checkers will also tell you that uh, this bill does not make it easier for people across the state of Georgia to vote, and that's where he has concerns. Uh, just to follow up on the baseball all-star game, I know that you made the point that he did not the league move the all-star game out of Georgia, but he likes to say the words of a president matter. He said he would strongly support if players in the league wanted to do that, and they did it. So do you, does he think that the PGA should move the Masters tournament that begins this week out of Georgia? I'm not here to call for anyone on behalf of the president or the vice president or anyone to take steps in reaction to the law in Georgia. The president was asked a direct question, and the context of the question was also around uh, the league meeting to discuss this exact issue. And he answered the question. So then should we believe that if PGA Tour players who are arriving in Augusta this week or today to register for the tournament, if they got together and decided or talked about not participating, that is something he would strongly support? Or I'm, is there a difference I'm sure, between... I'm sure you will ask me that question or him this question, but our focus is on to advocate for making voter voting easier and more accessible around the country. And that's where our efforts are going to be from the White House. Um, did, before the president said that he would strongly support moving the All-Star Game out of Georgia, did he consider the economic impact? Because the Cobb County Tourism CEO is saying they're going to lose $100 million in lost uh, business activity, 8,000 hotel rooms. Did he think about that before he said he would strongly support the move? Again, he was doing an interview. Uh, he was given the context, as I just read out to you in full detail of how the question was asked. He answered the question. But are the changes in the law deserving of their demonization? Take this one, for instance, limiting how voters can be provided food or water while waiting in line to vote. I'm sure you've heard about it. Critics view this provision as a clear example of voter suppression, especially for communities of color who experience hours-long lines, while advocates, like my next guest, view it as necessary to protect voters from political organizations or advocacy groups trying to subtly influence their vote. I should point out the history. 
Georgia already had a law on its books covering electioneering at polling places. Here's what it said in part, no person shall solicit votes in any manner or by any means or method, nor shall any person distribute or display any campaign material, nor shall any person solicit signatures for any petition, nor shall any person other than election officials discharging their duties establish or set up any tables or booths on any day in which ballots are being cast. In December of 2020, meaning after the presidential election, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger warned that, quote, he has taken action to crack down on political organizations and advocacy groups that use line warming as a loophole to conduct political activity in violation of state law. Political organizations or advocacy groups will use the giveaways or gifts known as line warming to inappropriately influence voters in the crucial final moments before they cast their ballots. Such efforts violate the protections Georgia law has placed on campaigning near a polling location or voting line. That rationale explains the change in the law, which then added this line. Nor shall any person give, offer to give, or participate in the giving of any money or gifts, including but not limited to food and drink to an elector. Adding also, this code section shall not be construed to prohibit a poll officer from making available self-service water from an unattended receptacle to an elector waiting in line to vote. Other states have similar laws, like Montana and New York, which mention food and drink distribution prohibitions in their election codes. So, is the heat that this particular provision getting warranted? Joining me now to discuss further, the chief operating officer... They're just liars. Look at this Chiron. Liar, la lawmakers in 47 states induce bill to make it harder to vote. No, it doesn't. It secures the vote. Here is um, a great stat that I got from watching a show this weekend. Don't tell me it's COVID. Just shut your fucking mouth. Stacey Abrams, who lost the governorship and never said she lost the governorship, takes over the voting process, and we go from 18,000 absentees to 880,000 absentee votes. What the fuck? Chuck Schumer lies. Denver literally has worse voting laws. Is majority white, but we move an MLB there. Oberman, you saw, talking about the Masters when he doesn't even know what the Masters means. Uh, Nancy Mace and Nick Searcy. That person needs a picture ID to pick up tickets. CBS News, and I can't find the fucking picture. Um, I had it but I don't know what happened to it. Let me see what the fuck happened. Cause this is, this is, this is what app, this is what activism looks like. And I see why. Uh, um, yeah, hold one. We're going to fix this right now. File, save as, boom. Sorry, folks. It's a fifth, a fifth file. I don't know what a fifth file is. We're going to stop recording for a second. There we go. Why would a news agency, who and subsequently deleted this, why would they put this out? You're a news agency. WAPO. 
MLB stands on moving All-Star game out of Atlanta due to voter suppression. They know the pulse of the nation. The pulse of the nation is pissed off because you moved it to a Lily White. Uh, United Airlines, because, well, they didn't want to be stood up by these other people. Our mission is connect people and unite the world. We believe in one of the most effective ways to do this is to engage in democ- democratic process, which begins with voting, a vital civic duty. America's democracy is strong and we're all engaged. Blah, 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 all a lie. They require IDs, but IDs are racist. PayPal got into it. People asked, oh, yeah, sorry, it's a great question, but you got to have an ID. Another guy, my 60-year-old son was denied entry to Arlington because he didn't have an ID. Rolling Stones, voter suppression is violence. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir that shit up. This is so bad. New York just amended its certified 2020 results. On April 4th. And remember why we're all talking about this. The left has used the filibuster 373 times. The GOP once. I just want to make sure we keep covering that. Because at the end of the day. No. No. No with periods and no. There are facts. And there is truth. And you don't get to pick and choose what you want. You just don't. So we're going to do the media jerk off, but in a new way, this is just going to be advocacy journalism because that's what this is. Advocacy journalism. It's not about truth. It's not about facts. It's about getting Democrats power. Period. Miami politics, the media jerk off of the week. So hot. We saw more than 600 mass shootings in 2020. According to Time Magazine, that's 50% more than 2019 and the most in the past five years. Those mass shootings accounted for just a fraction of all the gun deaths in America. The Gun Violence Archive Research Group says more than 19,000 people were killed in the U.S. in 2020, the most in two decades. If you add in suicides by gun, the total is 33,000. That means more than 100 people are dying from guns every single day in America. So while the debate over assault weapons and the discussion of preventing mass shootings are crucial parts of stopping this plague, they are still just the tip of the iceberg. Immediately after the Boulder shooting, President Biden promised quick action, not the first president to do so. For the record, he has yet to introduce legislation or sign an executive order on guns. Even though right now you can still go to his campaign website and see the dozens of gun control initiatives he promised to enact as president. Meanwhile, in Congress, the House passed a pair of background check bills, but as always seems to be the case on this issue, they are now languishing in the Senate. Just this year, the U.S. has offered more than 10,000 gun violence deaths. How many more thousands of Americans will die before more is done to break the cycle? 
Nicole Hockley joins me now from Newtown, Connecticut. She lost her son Dylan in the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting, and she is the co-founder of the Sandy Hook Promise Group that works to end gun violence. Thank you so much for coming on, Nicole. Thank you for having me. So as I mentioned, uh, President Biden has yet to send a gun control bill to Congress. He has signed dozens of executive orders, but zero dealing with guns so far a couple months into his administration. He says his presidency is about timing. Do you think the time is now for him to act on guns? Basically, what we're seeing that happened in Georgia with the Republican legislation is that they're corking the pack and putting resin on the ball. They are cheating. They were the ones that created the current existing laws that were on the books. The Secretary of State of Georgia certified that there was no cheating, that this was actually a election. And now, because they didn't like the fact that young people, people of color, African-Americans, Latino, Asian, came out, flexed their muscle, said that they were going to have a different direction for Georgia, they're changing the rules. Well, the Chauvin trial and that murder trial and the death of, of George Floyd is connected to voting rights because at the end of the day, it's about how African-Americans and whether African-Americans are allowed to survive and thrive in America and are, are able to have access to the principles that America holds up as near and is democracy, but it's also your ability to pursue happiness and to not have an officer kneel on your neck on nine minutes for nine minutes and 29 seconds. Watching yeah. this trial and watching what's going on in Georgia, they absolutely connect. You know, Rich, um, Republicans, are they risking something here by going by appearing to go too far? I, I think the, the attack on this Georgia bill is an outrageous smear, Chuck. It, it actually increases early voting hours. It uh, tries to deal with the problem with long lines. The key security measure right. is you've got to sign your driver's license right. number on an absentee ballot envelope. No one is going to be disenfranchised because of this law. Fresh off the passage last month of nearly $2 trillion worth of COVID relief, the Biden administration this week announced an even bigger plan. The proposed new legislation would spend more than $2 trillion to modernize the country's aging infrastructure and do much more. The president calls the plan a once-in-a-generation investment in America. President Biden laying out a $2 trillion proposal to rebuild America. It's big, yes. It's bold, yes. And we can get it done. His plan, $100 billion to modernize the power grid and avoid blackouts like this winter in Texas. $100 billion to expand broadband access to all Americans. Another $100 billion to upgrade and build new public schools. Then there's $621 billion for transportation infrastructure. The plan also looking beyond repairs and upgrades to the future with ambitious green initiatives to tackle climate change, including tax credits to make it easier for Americans to buy American-made electric vehicles and funding for 500,000 new charging stations. At the height of the Great Depression, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal, signing off on a cache of new government programs and public work projects. America has not invested in a mass infrastructure effort like this in nearly a century. Now, after campaigning in 2020 on unity, Biden's administration pleading with Republicans to negotiate this deal. Progressive Democrats say this plan doesn't go far enough. They're calling for trillions more in investments. But as for Republicans, well, not a single one has stepped forward to offer their support yet. This morning in our series, Eye on Earth, we have a first look at the future of electric cars in America. 
Transportation accounts for almost one-third of our greenhouse gas emissions that are blamed for global warming. Part of President Biden's infrastructure bill would help people buy greener electric cars, which, as you know, are more expensive. General Motors plans to stop making gas-powered cars by 2035. Automakers are also counting on the federal government. President Biden's infrastructure plan calls for 500,000 new EV charging stations across the country by 2030. A lot of attention on this Rangers-Blue Jays game, and it's not because of the matchup on this brand new field. As many as 40,518 fans could pack this ballpark. That would make it the largest gathering of people in this country in more than a year. But President Biden is already calling foul. This morning, concerns about a double mutant coronavirus variant in the U.S. The variant first discovered in India, now identified in the San Francisco area. This is the first time this particular double mutant has been found in the United States, and it was found here at our Stanford laboratory. This is COVID cases across the country climb, and fears of a fourth wave are growing, even as more than 106 million Americans have received at least one dose of the vaccine. It's kind of like a race between getting people vaccinated and the more people on a daily basis you get vaccinated, the better chance you have of blunting or preventing that surge that we're all concerned about. Millions of Americans are now heading back home from the Easter holiday after families gathered for Easter celebrations outdoors. I'd much prefer being inside in a pew. out in Georgia as relates to what the Republicans did. It is Republicans. It is because of the actions of Brian Kemp. It is because of this visual of showing that this is going to be the new Jim Crow era that they're actually losing global business because who wants to do business in a, in a state that can't even move beyond, on some levels, move beyond basic fundamental rights of civil rights, voting rights, and race. You, you actually you put in a tweet very nicely. We tried to tell them democracy is good for business and racism ain't. We could show you better than we can tell you. What do you want to see next? I mean, this was a cascade this week. You had Coca-Cola. You had Delta. You had the, the, the black executives writing to other businesses. You had airlines and other companies across the country. You mentioned Salesforce was at the front end of it. And then you saw Major League Baseball. What more do you, do you foresee happening for Republicans in Georgia and in Arizona and in Iowa and in 
in Michigan and across this country to say we are going to lose business like North Carolina did with the transgender bathroom business or that like Indiana did under Mike, Mike Pence uh, with with uh, with gay marriage. So, you know, there's a couple of things. Let's just say in Georgia, they've got to repeal this bill. So there's a couple of things. One, we want those businesses to actually talk about repealing this bill. We want to make sure that our state is economically thriving. It will not be able to economically thrive continuing under this banner of Jim Crow and looking as if it's a backward state. So number one, we need for the state of Georgia to repeal it. Number two, we need HR1 and HR4 to both be passed. We need corporate America to stand behind making sure that we fight unequivocally for voting rights, that it is not a partisan issue. Number four, we need the number three, we need them to divest into, uh, from these organizations and these people who have made voting suppression their number one strategy, that they are focusing to undermine democracy in this country. We have to say that that is a no. After the tragic death of 18-year veteran of the Capitol Police, Billy Evans, the only bit of good news this weekend was the release of fellow injured officer Ken Shaver. Today, authorities are still trying to determine the motive of suspected killer Noah Green. Sources telling ABC News police have been focused on Green's Facebook posts, where he's discussed losing his job and being in a state of duress. Green's family told The Washington Post he was not a terrorist, but suffered from depression and potential mental illness. According to sources, police are also looking into Green's apparent obsession with Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan and scriptures about the end of the world. The union representing Capitol Police saying this weekend the force is approaching a crisis in morale and that officers are struggling to meet their mission. The National Guard remains at the Capitol, but in the wake of Friday's attack, the recent scaling back of fencing. All right, there's so much to unpack there because I just did them all at once. We got guns, racist America, double infrastructure. That, that's what you heard there. Double. The infrastructure is great. Look at this. This is not made up. I got this all off the fucking internet. We have $110,000 110, gas stations in this country. We got almost 290 million gas-powered cars. But this cocksucker is going to put 550,000 charging stations for 1.4 million car. Fascism. Fascism. Going to punish you. You will be punished. It's just simple as that. You either buy an electric car or we'll punish you. We already heard they're going to do a dollar more for gas. We're going to keep punishing you. And then at the end, they're just going to ban them. The Jetsons isn't bullshit. They will fucking ban your fucking car. Then you had um, an embassy host just outright fucking letting people lie. They don't fucking care. It, it fits the agenda. At the end, doesn't fit the narrative. Morning shows omit the capital attacker was a follower of Islam. Because why would we tell the truth? But my favorite is the double mutant COVID porn. Because we have, the you know, that baseball game. People fucking started it. We can't have that shit. Razor, story, it, it is safe, relieving the stress, one-third fully vaccinated, there's low risk, headline, fear grows over double mutant, NBC ran the same shit, but we're not going to talk that the cases are going down, they even brought fucking fucky on to literally talk about, mm, well, why is that, the Today Show? Well, it takes a while for things to catch up, but we're not going to admit, we've been lying to you forever, 
But the media, they want that fascism. They want the left to be able to incorporate all their trillions of dollars of bullshit, bully the fucking world into raise taxes so that our companies can't get over equity or some shit. It's all a fucking lie. It's repeatedly a lie. It's so repetitive. It, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Let me get in here and see what we have here. Um, Jim Scudo. Question to U.S. police officers who live in D.C. deserve the right to elect representative to Congress. He's pushing for them to become a state. This is Jake Tapper. He, he was advocating this week. He even, um, I didn't play it because I don't want to play it, but he did a video for his shit. I'm going to play a cult soundbite. Three months after mega mobs stored the Capitol tried to overturn November election loss, about a half of Republicans believe the siege was largely a nonviolent protest. That's because it was a non-violent protest. That, that's what it was. In COVID, Biden will announce that every adult in the country will be eligible to be vaccinated by April 19th. These are all the states that you already are eligible. We didn't do it by race or sexual orientation. You can go down to fucking Walgreens. But it ties in perfectly with DeSantis. We'll play two sound bites with DeSantis. It's a live 60 minutes, what he did say from the Daily Caller, and then a bitch going in for the second day when he started talking and saying, look at his hand gestures because he was doing this sometimes. You know, I watched axe throwing with two gay guys throwing an axe on the Ocho ESPN. That's the six for the score. I watched all sorts of basketball teams go three. Nobody said it because they're lefties. But he's a righty, and we got to take him down. He cannot become a good presidential nominee. If we can't get him with, uh, he's not doing enough, uh, he's lying on the numbers, uh, he took kickbacks from this and that. Initially, this whole story was he didn't let black people get the shot, just rich people. But that just happened to be because Publix is the largest chain in Florida. They happened to be in those areas. That's why he hooked up with Publix. And the real story, before I play the sound bites, is that CVS and Walgreens were doing the old folks home. And so they couldn't really take on the new mission. He wanted them to complete that mission because that's the actual rich group. That's fucking science and shit. He wanted them to get the fucking hookup. So he held off and Publix says, hey, we can do it. Nobody also wants to say the Publix gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to fucking Democrats. They donate to everyone because they're a grocery chain and they hope they can buy their vote. But yeah, we're real news journalism fucking Mr. President. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites, we can give more to hospitals, we can do the Publix, and they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, and It's governor. wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. 
I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable well, I, I and so it's clearly not isn't there the nearest no public no no you're wrong you're wrong away. you're wrong yes that's sir. actually a fact I, so first of all that what you're saying is wrong that's that that's a fake narrative so first of all when we did the the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens and they had a long-term care mission so they were going to the long-term care facilities they got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So, yes, you had the counties. You had some drive through sites. You had hospitals that were doing a lot. But we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart, Obviously, CVS and Walgreens had to finish that mission, and we said we're going to we're going to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the publics, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is the way to go? And it was a hundred percent positive. So we expanded it, and then folks. I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the publics. We can do this. They calculated that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was you had 65 publics in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've done almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And the reason is because you had the strong retail footprint. So our uh, way has been multifaceted. It has worked. And we're also now very much expanding CVS and Walgreens now that they've completed the long-term care mission. Yes. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just distanced you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable and so it's clearly not no 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 you're wrong you're wrong you're and just one more on, on vaccines mm -hmm. uh, so there's a report over the weekend that Governor DeSantis in Florida had been dealing with some sort of, uh, some sort of improper dealings with the supermarket chain Publix as far as uh, distributing the vaccine so did those reports give the White House any pause in working with Governor DeSantis in the vaccine program? Uh, well, first let me say that for those who weren't following this in Florida, uh, one of the concerns we've had as we've watched the data is that 17% of Florida's population is African American and 7% of vaccinations have gone to African Americans uh, in the state. Uh, that's one of the reasons that we opened four FEMA sites in Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville, and Orlando. And these sites just proportionally serve communities of color. So we've been closely watching this data and these statistics as we would in any state across the country. And we took these specific actions for that purpose. Um, we are not going to um, hurt the people of Florida uh, just because of uh, the, the steps or actions of leadership. Um, and we will continue to take actions to ensure that the vaccine is equitably distributed. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal, but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with him south of Orlando.
Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in so Palm Beach. So first of Beach. all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor. I met with the administrator. I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So but Melissa... The county commissioner in the Glades told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, it's governor. Wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. Well, I, I and so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest no, public no, to the Glades no, is 30 wrong, miles wrong, away? Yes, That's sir. actually a fact. A federal complaint raises other questions about the governor's vaccine distribution decisions and alleges Governor DeSantis was discriminating when he handpicked communities for pop-up sites across the state. Thing that showed that their narrative was a piece of horse manure. Um, and it shows you how dishonest, these are smear merchants. That's why nobody trusts corporate media. Uh, they are a disaster in what they're doing. They knew what they were doing was a lie. I knew what they were doing was a lie. Everybody here knows what they were doing is a lie. They know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. And they lied, and they lied. Sixty Minutes <laughs> accuse of deceptive edits. Campaign finance reports obtained by Sixty Minutes show that weeks before the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced a partnership with Publix, they gave him donation. Obtained by Sixty, this is Emily Brooks. She should be fucking fired. It's public record. I found this in less than two minutes. It's not the kind of language outlets normally should use for info posted publicly. More for documents and sources given reporter outlets. Super weird and prestigious phrasing. The Santa 60-minute piece is one of the most blatant political hatchet jobs in the past couple of years. And there have been a lot. Daily Caller shows it was all lie. That's not what he fucking said. Miranda Devine. Wow. Talk about deceptive editing. Why not just report the truth? He gave a great answer. Figure CBS new tagline would be CBS. Well, you'll not only see BS, you'll hear it too. Uh, Steve Krakauer, this is remarkably damning. One of the most absurdly misleading 60, clip, 60 minutes clips ever. They gotta work. I mean, there's two jobs to do. Job one, keep people scared of COVID so they can get their fucking money in. Job two, Destroy any Republican that could hurt the second term of the guy who can't even form two sentences with the stores and a fucking dictionary. Damn Paw Beach mayor issues damning statement saying this is all bullshit. In a statement, the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County, Dave Kerner, said the 60 Minutes reporting is not just based on bad information, but it's intentionally false. Mayor Kerner said he offered to talk to 60 Minutes, but CBS declined because that wasn't the fucking agenda of the story. He said Palm Beach County asked for the public's relationship and the CBS knew, but left it out because it's kneecapped the narrative. Hell bent on dividing us, he said. It wasn't even him that hooked up the deal. It wasn't him. 
I got tweets from all sorts of people that it's no different in my state. Ben Shapiro. Lies the media have promulgated about DeSantis because their fear is 2024 candidacy. His willingness to allow local officials to open beaches would lead to massive deaths. He artificially deflated death certificates. It was done by a liberal operative, found, and she was fired and charged. He boosted vaccines for rich allies. He tranched them to the elderly. He allowed the largest grocery chain in Florida to distribute vaccine because he was bribed. The media are damn liars. They're not bad at their jobs. They're just very good at their job. It's just that their job is not journalism. It's Democratic Party propaganda. Things normal people think because the media are damn liars. Joe's voter law restricts voters' access in a new form of Jim Crow. DeSantis is both corrupt and dangerous. Hunter Biden is a soulful innocence gone wrong. And the laptop story was Russian disinformation. Everybody, bravo. Bravo. White House reporter framing imploding 60 Minutes to Santa hit on fact. Jim Psaki appreciates the assistance. And just one more on, on vaccines. This is a bloomer. Uh, so there's a report over the weekend that Governor DeSantis in Florida had been dealing with some sort of, some sort of improper dealings with the supermarket chain Publix as far as uh, distributing the vaccine. So did those reports give the White House any pause in working with Governor DeSantis in the vaccine program? Uh, Well, first, let me say that for those who weren't following this in Florida, uh, one of the concerns we've had as we've watched the data is that 17 percent of Florida's population is African-American, but less than 7 percent of vaccinations have gone to African-Americans in the state. Uh, That's one of the reasons that we opened four FEMA sites in Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville and Orlando. And these sites. So we proportional it. Articles. Ron DeSantis versus the party of silent science. They're all in. Molly Hemingway, 60 Minute ignores deadly scandals with Como and Newsom in order to try to invent one with DeSantis. Gas. Large grocery store change gives political contributions. The Florida governor's real crime, not following the hysterical lead of the propaganda press, thereby making them look bad because he didn't kill as many people as Governor Cuomo did. He made Cuomo look bad. Made him look bad. And never Trumpers, Lincoln Project. This is now how an innocent man responds. This is not, is what I think they meant to say. He's lying. Tom Nichols, another one of them. Where the fuck are we at? Ah, fuck him. I'm not reading him. He can go fuck himself. Axios pounces on Ron DeSantis for seizing on the chance to bash the media. So he goes out and he goes on Tucker and he defends himself. Florida Governor DeSantis, a Trump ally with his eyes on the White House, is dialing up a dispute with 60 Minutes, seizing on a chance to integrate himself with the GOP base by bashing the media. No, it is actually the GOP base like us who already knew you were lying. Detroit News. Michigan surpassed 700,000 cases of coronavirus today as the state continues to lead the nation in new cases by population. Daily cases in Michigan not far off their winter peak now. Michigan has 7 to 10 counties with the highest number of cases per resident, six of which are on the thumb hospitalization up well over 600% since 1 May 1st. Steve Krakauer. Looking forward to 60 Minutes piece this weekend about Governor Whitmer. It won't happen. MSDNC's Kyle Griffin. He then, because there's other people that are in the race, 
goes after Tim Scott, black man. Now, if a black man can't talk about black people, I don't know who the fuck can. But whatever. Georgia voter ID, 17 days early voting. Colorado voter ID, 15 days of early voting. Atlanta is 51% black. Denver, 9.2. The MLB is moving the MLB's all-star out of Atlanta, which has more day of voting rights than Colorado. The wokes are at it again. So here's this guy, and the reason why I have it here, because this is our media. Colorado mails every resident a ballot. Georgia does not. This comparison is designed to mislead. Oh, really? The whole world goes. Like, all your coverage on MSDNC? New York Times, when free speech becomes a political weapon, they ran it on August 22nd. They re-ran it again because they don't want you to have it. Jay Gordon Liddy died. Tim Graham, your LA Times obit headline. G. Gordon Liddy, unrepented Watergate burglar who became talk show host, dies. Fidel Castro. Castro, dead at 90, the revolutionary icon influence was felt long before Cuba. And then a story I really didn't cover. Insurrectionist funders raise cap, uh, fundraisers. Capital riot extremists, Trump supporters raise money from lawyers' bills online. They, in that article, and I covered it, but I didn't cover this angle. And of course, I got reschooled by Ben Shapiro. They made the fundraisers stop being able to defend themselves. The people that are being charged with sedition when it's trespassing. Most of the people who just literally charges, you saw it on the Tucker, walking through the hall. They can't have a defense. They're not allowed to have a defense. And then what did they do when they got attacked by a nation of Islam? Friday's attack is latest violence at the U.S. Capitol, the site of shootings, bombings, and riots over the last 50 years. Nowhere in here does it say, hey, uh, uh, it was a black guy. No, we're not going to do that. And then the other media malpractice this week, of course, was Hunter, Brian Seltzer. When Joe Biden was vice president, was mourning the death of his older son, Bo. He was also trying to keep his younger son, Hunter, alive. That's one of the many takeaways from Hunter's book, Beautiful Things, which comes out today. This is how CBS interviewed him. There's a current Department of Justice investigation into your finances. Yep. What is it about? Can you say anything more? I can't, but I can say this. is I'm cooperating um, completely, and I am absolutely certain, 100% certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. You're 100% certain? I'm 100% certain, certain of it. And all I can do is cooperate and, and trust in the process. In 2014, the younger Biden took a job on the board of a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma Holdings, at a time when his father, who was then vice president, had an active role in U.S. policy, Ukraine. It raised eyebrows at the time, but by the 2020 elections, Hunter Biden was the center of a political firestorm. Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out dishonorably discharged. That's not true. For it wasn't cocaine use, and he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. Looking back, did you make a mistake taking a spot on that board? No, I don't think I made a mistake in taking the spot on the board. I think I made a mistake in terms of 
underestimating the uh, the way in which it would be used against me. And but you must have seen the optics even back then. You must have. I mean, how could you not have foreseen that this was going to look bad? Because I really didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm being as honest with you as I possibly can. All I know is that not one investigative body, not one serious journalist has ever accused, has ever come to the conclusion that I did anything wrong, that my father did anything wrong. But the rumors lived on. In October 2020, a New York Post article said that emails purportedly showing shady dealings in Ukraine by Hunter Biden were found on a laptop computer that he supposedly left in a Delaware repair shop in 2019. The details were sketchy at best. And last month, a declassified intelligence report said that before the election, the Russians had launched a smear campaign against Joe Biden and his family. It does not specifically talk about your laptop. Yeah. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was yours. I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea so whether... So been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. And you didn't drop off a laptop to no. be repaired no. in Delaware? Not no. that I remember at all. At all. So. Near the end of the 2020 campaign, another weapon emerged. This laptop is a disaster for that. How the hell did he ever let go of this sucker? You know? Allies of President Trump and supporters in the media promoted incriminating evidence allegedly found on a laptop belonging to Biden. You've seen the pictures, folks. I, you know. It was delivered to the FBI by the owner of a Delaware computer store. You make just one reference to it in the book. Yeah. Is that laptop yours? Uh, it's, it, you don't need a laptop. You got a book. <laughs> you got the book. It's all in the book. And I don't know. I, I truly... The, you don't know. The serious answer is that I truly do not know the answer to that. Did you leave... Really? It could be my laptop. I mean, by now, journalists know that there was a case for the gun. He lied on a 4473. There's so much stuff out there. But that's our journal. Why would we hurt him? We promote his book. Politico. Major has been agitated at the White House. So he spoke with four experts and celebrity dog trainers about the why the first family will need to find some time between infrastructure, immigration, and gun reform for a little dog work as well. Because they, they oh, the dog's so important. But George Soros pledges $20 million to push his fucking infrastructure plan because it works good for liberals. If George Soros wants your fucking plan, uh, that pretty much says something. It just says something. And then you wonder why Tucker Carlson is kicking everybody's ass in the ratings. His new daytime show, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, is okay. But the nighttime show, kicking people's ass. And Gutfeld comes out in the first night. And the second night, he wins the ratings. Because he's funny. In a fun way, not a mean way. It'll be in our lighter fare today. 
So I know it's a fast-paced lot of information, but you know if you watch the beginning. I got a puppy. Got to take care of my puppy. But we still have time to get woke. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we fed to the bone. Get on the floor. Run it loose. Got to put these two left feet to use. If you need education in the party scene. As you think you can dance with me. This ain't no joke. This is a message from the PSA broadcast system. We all need to stay home. Stay at home. Stay home. Stay home. Stay inside. Stay right now. Do it for humanity. I got a message for all you young people out there who think that it's business as usual. It's not. We need to stop the spread of this virus and we can only do it together. And it's only going to work if we all do it together. Let's act like we live in a community, not just by ourselves. We can all come together collectively to stop the spread of this virus. Marvel in the fact that the world is united right now. Everyone can be a carrier. We got to be smart. Not just to protect ourselves, but to protect others and all the older people you love. The longer we stay out there, the longer coronavirus remains a threat and the longer the medical system um, really struggles. Young people can get it, and they can try. Hello, Namaste, Satsiriyakal, Assalamu Alaikum. This past year has been challenging for us all, with many of us losing our loved ones. But we will be reunited with our friends and family. All we have to do is just take the vaccine. Many in our community have suffered the most, largely due to our efforts on the front line at the NHS or as key workers. Looking after others and serving our community is what we do. It's how we've been brought up. That's why we have such immense pride when a family member becomes a doctor or a nurse. We have so much respect for them. They need our respect now more than ever. Today, those doctors and scientists have found us a way forward. A COVID-19 vaccine that will help save lives. There is no scientific evidence to suggest that the vaccine will work differently for people from ethnic minorities. In fact, the scientists who developed one of the most widely used vaccines are Muslim. The vaccine does not include pork 
or any material of fetal or animal origin. The vaccine does not contain the virus itself, only harmless elements from it. Taking the vaccine is the only way to boost your immunity against COVID for you and your loved ones. The vaccine was available quickly because of a global... How emotionally deep they are by singing the dumbest song ever penned. Imagine there's no heaven. That's Gal Gadot. It's easy if you try. Kristen No hell below us. Is that Richard Morrison? I'm not sure I know all these celebs. Imagine all James the Martin. people living for Sarah today. Silverman. Oh, God. Yeah. Imagine there is no countries. Yeah. Imagine no countries. Everyone it would be dead. Hard to do. Jimmy Fallon. Nothing to kill or die for. Natalie Portman. No religion too. Zoe Imagine Kravitz. All God, is this obnoxious garbage? Oh God! Okay, just stop it. Just stop it. This is the dumbest. This is the dumbest song ever. Imagine no religion in a time where people are dying on mass. Imagine. By the way, again, imagine no countries is a really weird take. When every border is shut, it's a very weird take. Like this is the song that you choose. Like. At least we are the world had like a had like a solidarity message that didn't include the destruction of things that actually prevent people from dying. Uh, celebrities. Uh, this land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest. To the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made. It goes on and on and on. Remind me of everything tonight. I'm dreaming about the things that we could be. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Competent leaders getting us back on our feet. The American Rescue Plan. It has almost everything. A year into this mess, recovery unfolds. How many wonders can one rescue plan hold? Reading it over, you'd think, really? No Republicans voted for this thing. It's got to- If George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. My girl here wants me to come out of the elevator so she can come out of the elevator. Because it's a small space we're supposed to maintain social distancing. I don't understand why you can't just politely step but out and pull out me out of the elevator. When I ask you nicely, while you have been wearing your mask, you didn't ask me nicely. You said ride. get the fuck out the elevator. I said that after you refused no, 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 to get no, no. out. You have a giant but ball. You 
My girl. My girl. Hold on. Hold on. My girl. You want to stand in the elevator with me? And catch it. Look, you're not making sense, honey. You might as well get off at your floor. I'm trying to get off at my floor. I can't come close to you. Do you not understand that I have an extremely compromised immune system? You are a delivery person incorrectly wearing the mask inside of the building. Is this incorrectly worn, guys? Is this incorrectly worn? that news how painful it was yeah but the one thing i took out of that piece was man i think most white people and black people are great people i really believe that in my heart but i think our system is set up where our politicians whether they're republicans or democrats are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power they divide and conquer I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. But we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like, like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's, let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. Charles Barkley, always loved you, guy. When I watched basketball, he played. I just love the guy. But anyway, let's get into the montage. We have a COVID, I got my vaccination, thank you, Biden, even though Trump made it. We got a Karen in there. We got some lady doing paint on her face. We got, we're going to burn that shit down, but that's okay. That doesn't violate TikTok. Why, why would it violate TikTok? Um... We had a celeb. I had to play those because I just, I somebody put it out in an article and that's what the, the sh- fuck all those people. Fuck every one of those goddamn people. Fuck them all. I want to start with this though. Uh, and that is not it. And I don't know why it did that because I had it set up for what I fucking wanted and you fucking suck and I fucking hate you. This is a journalist and to what he just said. If your white and your black and brown friends are not regularly challenge your whiteness, chances are they don't trust you and are absolutely talking about your whiteness, just not to you. So th- this is where we're at in, in everything on the left. You know, even if you do the right things, you're a racist. Doesn't really matter. It's all about power. You can submit, but you're still a racist. So I say fuck them. Woman explains that the racism black women experience makes white women diet not work for them. And um, I didn't include that because I wanted to play it and we can listen together. You can't get access to good health care, good insurance. The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower. Even when we're following the diet than our white women counterparts. And what, and what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism. It's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same. Really? Is that why I'm a fat ass? It's because I'm called a racist all the time. They want to take away my guns. 
I'll never get a job again because I'm white, equity. Or is it because I'm a fat ass who eats shitty food and eats DiGiorno's two at a time? Which one? It's a fucking industry, man. I can play the more money again. It's just an industry. Make those Benjamins call people racist. Uh, come on. Come on, man. Corn Pop will tell you that. Oyster farmers change product origin name and nod to Black Lives Matter. Last year, during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests, a small group of oysters farmers in Tasmania were listening and doing their bit to push for a change at the local level. The Southeast Growers Group unanimously voted to change the name of its growing area from Black Man Bay to Boomer Bay. Because insulting another fucking group of people, that's okay. Jesse Single, Thread, craziest story I've written in quite some time. New for me, tenured community college professor briefly interrupted a white fragility training to express her qualms about it. So her school suspended her from teaching and spent nine months and perhaps $200,000 investigating her. Over the past couple of weeks, a lot has happened, Parrot began. Protests have occurred, riots have broken out, people have been killed, and across the United States, companies, organizations, and schools have proclaimed their support of a movement called anti-racism. Here, Parrot was referring to the capital A variety. Parrot went on to complain about the segregating setting of the training that she saw as a generally closed-minded nature of nation's post-Floyd discourse. Democracy thrives on conversations, but what we are seeing happening right now is the United States is not a conversation. It's a coup. Everyday Americans of all colors, creeds, backgrounds, and beliefs are being held hostage. Zealots are telling us you're either with us or against us. If you're against us, you're an evil bigot. They're telling us you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. They're telling us that all people may be classified into two sides, us and them. Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative, people of color or white, righteous or bigoted, oppressed or privileged. I don't accept such false dichotomies. I don't accept the ad hominem implication that comes with it. Too often, words like privileged, defensive, and fragile are just ways to dismiss what another person has to say. Too often, words like racist are just a way to intimidate someone into silence. Parent argued that people who work together to solve real problems like wealth, disparity, poverty, job insecurity, unemployment, the high cost of living, or the fracturing of the nuclear family, whatever form that family takes, but are waylaid by those who claim the real problems are racism, sexism, transphobia, and hateful words. Thank you, Eliza, said the facilitator, cutting Parrot off in three minutes of remarks. No, you don't get to cut me off. I'm going to finish what I have to say. I'm going to talk to when you share that platform with the rest of 200 people who are here today, replied the facilitator. But Parrot continued for another minute, telling all white attendees in the mandatory segregated conversation that universities should be placed where ID, D, ideas should be discussed, explored, debated, and oppressed, and it goes on. And they try to fucking fire for that shit. It's just like Tyrus. You can't have an idea. Why would you? Why? I mean, Speaker Pelosi, under the president, I think we will see transformation because they're predicated on equity, not trickle-down. And then he takes a hundred million fucking dollars away from a fucking community that's majority black. Yeah. 
And then we air this horse shit. And I'm going to excerpt just little parts of an hour show that basically is, you know, I, I have a wood stove and I burn fire. When you start out, you got little sticks and you get it going. You get a little, you get some coal base. So you keep on going, right? And then you put a big chucking wood in there and let that motherfucker burn. Cause it's going to go for a couple of hours. This show is that on George Floyd. They don't want the fire to go out. Say we had a reckoning. They say this reconstruction. We gonna rebuild America. We win in elections. Got seats in Congress moving on up and they can't stop us. Is this how it felt when Lincoln dropped that Emancipation Proclamation? The promise of freedom that almost came to be? Until the lynchings and old Jim Crow, black codes, supremacy? Now we have brutality in over 360. That's how many bills are on the move cross country. The goal? Suppress our vote, uphold a hierarchy. My fellow citizens. A system designed to oppress can't be fixed with one presidency. One election led to insurrection in the name of white power versus an American pride. They say this will make America great. Well, they lie. Anti-Asian hate at alarming rates and they keep pushing anti-trans legislation. Again and again, the promise of peace and liberty fails us. We're still seeking justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. We're still here. Deconstruction, not reconstruction. We want a dismantling and reimagining. What black people need is for our people, all peoples, to be free. I had to go audio on that because it just wouldn't let me capture it. And I used a screen, screen-o-matic, and I still couldn't get it. But you heard the gist. You heard what it was about. A white supremacist insurrection? There was a black supremacist insurrection all summer. And you heard the ending. We want this deconstruction. They want to tear the country apart. And that's on ABC News. Prime time. Fucking prime time. It's all good. There's nothing wrong with saying those words. That's good for America. And the key thing in there. Anybody has been the show a long time. I've been saying it forever. This shit went into overdrive the moment Obama got fucking elected. Because they were going to lose their money train. They weren't going to be able to call people racist anymore plurality of Americans voted for a black man twice. Where's your systemic racist, motherfucker? And so they jumped it with Trump, and the media is so part of it. Look at this shit. Traumatized journalists are now declaring themselves a marginalized group. There's a real proposal on P in America, a new blockbuster report outlining sweeping recommendations to aid alleged traumatized journalists. One of the hottest takes found in the report is a recommend creation of an SOS button that allowed journalists to instantly activate in-platform protections as well as an emergency hotline, phone, or chat providing personal trauma-informed support in real time. 
Because it's trauma to be told over and over, you're a fucking liar, Jamel Hill, who's a... ABC hooked her up. That's how that show comes, which I know you can't see it. But all the visuals in there, the visuals were nothing but garbage. Garbage. I just wish I could play it. I'm going to try to keep searching. Every link on YouTube keeps taking me to uh, somebody who's selling it. You know, you have a 50-minute soundbite visual on a Netflix show. FYI, the reason I keep talking about this therapeutic trauma jargon stuff is because it's so rapidly infiltrating every media activism institution and being confined into policy plus more than affects society with writ large. My favorite part of search, researching this post might have been discovering that journalist Talia Levine, a white Harvard grad, recently declared herself marginalized. Here's an article in Columbia Journal Review all about the traumatized professional adult journalists supposedly are by the brutality of news cycle as well as ongoing anti-press hostility and online abuse, such melodramatic crybabies. And of course, in here, when you break it down, the black ones have extra. They can go call everybody a racist the moment somebody steps back on them and says, that's a lie. Oh, I'm a victim. But you have a platform. You're not being silenced. You're silencing the world and calling them a racist, but you're the victim. Got it. Neiman Lab reposted the Lizzle Substack post in which she revealed spending 90% of her life crying because of online harassment and Chicken Kiev declares herself a member of a marginalized group. Most media institutions are bracing this mentality. Journalists in 2001, kidnapping is worth the risk of reporting on terrorism. Journalists in 2021, please don't send me mean tweets. But it's just not there. The Weather Channel reminds you to safeguard your vaccine card. Everywhere you go, the media is all in. All in on we're the victim. Every agency, blue, 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 blue. Nobody wants to say LA teachers want free child care. We got trillions of dollars, at least a trillion dollars now with all this COVID shit. I mean, look how many billions they got. They still won't go back to work. Now they want free health care. That's that whole Camellia Harris. <laughs> Jackal laugh. SAG award winner Jason Sudeikis, a great guy, wears my body, my choice when he gets his award. Washington Post hits racist appropriation of phrase cancel culture. Terms such as Lint and Bane on fleek or you're a little older, fly and funky and uptight have been mined, mind, excuse me, by white people for the proximity to black cool. The word cool itself emerged from black culture. I did not know what a white Americans would sound like if there had been a black people in the United States, James Baldwin wrote in 1979, but they would not sound the way they sound. With canceled and woke, there's a twist. Not only have these words been appropriated from black culture, but they have also been weaponized to sneer at the value of young black liberals. Really? Really? Because it's usually a white person who's talking this shit. Not a black person. And to show how permeates our fucking media, CNN anchors turns to mismagaging to gush over leftist activists from BLM to anti-guns moms. And who was that? This is America. 
2019, Brooke Baldwin. She leaves there to go be a full-time activist because, you know, she was restricted. I mean, hell, Telemundo pushes Coyote's Facebook ads. That was an article I had. Yeah, that's good. And I'm going to say this for a trans. I'll save it. Uh, uh, These fucking people. Our woke section is now our new section. Our new section is our woke section. You can't get away from this shit. So every once in a while, you just got to laugh. Yeah, these chuckle buckets are having a hard time drying out from the Trump era, even though they can call it a day at 430 in the afternoon while President Biden's digesting his early bird tapioca. (laughs) It's almost like they'll find a Trump connection to any news item out there. And one network is cornering the market. You're watching ATN, all Trump news, because everything else is boring by comparison. I'm Anderson Lemon with the headlines. The annual Global Retirement Index is out with its latest list of the best places in the world to spend your golden years. Topping the list this year, Costa Rica, followed by Panama and Mexico. Sources say if Trump is elected in 2024, we can expect all Americans to retire and move to literally any country where Trump is not president. And I'll be on the first plane to Bermuda with a suitcase full of edibles. Police in Georgia say a weekend traffic jam was caused by a loose cow running along Interstate 285 near Atlanta, possibly spooked by a phone call from Donald Trump. Cars were at a standstill for about an hour until police were able to safely capture the cow and return it to its owner. Sources say this never would have happened if Donald Trump had an infrastructure plan that consisted of more than just turning wayward cattle into well-done steak. I swear, I do not know how we ever survived that guy. And a new study shows that people cannot tell the difference between screams of joy and screams of terror. Researchers at Emory University say the two types of screams have similar acoustics. For example, if I attended a Sugar Ray concert in the 90s, sheer joy. Whereas if I attended a Trump rally, unmitigated terror. Thank God I'll never have to see those again. I mean, all those happy people with the flags and the children and the grandparents and the YMCA. Ah, Makes me sick to my stomach. Seriously, I think I need to see my gastrologist. Although he voted for Trump twice. Oh God, I hate him. More headlines in 30 minutes. I'm Anderson Lemon. We went to CNN for comment. This is the most racist panel I have ever been on. Racist, you two are racist, like racist, baseball, white, racist, male, baseball, racist, racist, very racist, disgusting racist. Does Don Lemon even show up anymore? And over at MSNBC, what does Brian Williams have to say about all this? I am the greatest professional baseball player that has ever lived. When I hit five home runs in game seven of the World Series, it didn't feel nearly as magical as the time I hit seven home runs in game five of the NBA championship. 
and I was buck naked riding a Clydesdale horse given to me by my good friend Barack Hussein Obama, if that is his real name. God, I love that show. Pretty damn funny. And by the way, I'm going to throw this in America in. We're going to play that video. I got it from ABC. It captured. I guess Dish blocked me. Then I'm going to play Joy Reid, a black woman with a voice, a voice able in our racist society to dog all Christians. Yeah, but they're, they're oppressed. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. Conservatives who have attempted to cancel many aspects of American life, from Colin Kaepernick to the 2020 election results, are fuming over the corporations that are taking a stand against the Georgia Jim Crow voting law that's designed to cancel black voters. Take former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, no really take him, who, by the way, is also a Southern Baptist minister who tweeted on the day before Easter, I've decided to identify as Chinese. Coke will like me. Delta will agree with my values. And I'll probably get shoes from Nike and tickets to MLB games. Ain't America great? Exclamation point. Meanwhile, trigger-happy Congresswoman Lauren Pew Pew Boebert managed to uncancel Jesus on Twitter. While Senator Raphael Warnock, who's also a reverend for Atlanta's famed Ebenezer Baptist Church, was accused of actual heresy for a since-deleted Easter tweet about helping others, God forbid. This on the 53rd anniversary of MLK's assassination. Perfect. I mean, that pretty much sums up what Christian right Twitter looked like on Easter weekend. Anti-Asian racism, accusations of heresy, straight out of the Inquisition era, and firearm Jesus rising from the ashes of burnt Dr. Seuss books. The move cross. They say we had a reckoning. They say this reconstruction. We go rebuild America. We win in elections. Got seats in Congress moving on up and they can't stop us. Is this how it felt when Lincoln dropped that Emancipation Proclamation? The promise of freedom that almost came to be? Until the lynchings and old Jim Crow, black codes, supremacy? Now we have brutality in over 360. That's how many bills are on the move cross country. The goal? Suppress our vote, uphold a hierarchy. My fellow citizens. A system designed to oppress can't be fixed with one presidency. One election led to insurrection in the name of white power dressed in American pride. They say this will make America great. Well, they lie. Anti-Asian hate at alarming rates and they keep pushing anti-trans legislation. Again and again, the promise of peace and liberty fails us. We're still seeking justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. We're still here. Deconstruction, not reconstruction. We want a dismantling and reimagining. What black people need is for our people, all peoples, to be free. Yeah, that was jacked out a handhold, and it still wouldn't capture it. It must have something in there, because I don't pay for it. It's a free app. But those images, those statements, they just want to divide. They do want to deconstruct. And they get the aid of all our media on every issue we cover today is false lies, just misinformation. 
And on top of that, they want to silence you when you just say, hey, that's wrong. We got serious problems in America. None of them are racism. We have eradicated racism. We're one of the only countries in the world that have laws on the book that, man, you go to jail for shit. There are no lynchings. There are no people running around. There might be some KKK out there, but you don't know them. And because you don't believe in free, 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 doesn't make you a racist. Because you believe in different politics and a different course for the nation, doesn't make you a racist. But those people calling you a racist, that's all they have. They don't have the majority support on policies. They just have fear and loathing of fellow Americans. That's how they roll. So this wraps up a jammed up shotgun edition of Flower Politics Podcast. Please share with your family and friends and make comments by going to, and I'm all jacked up. I went to the uh, blank screen. There we go. FopPodcast.com. You get the video and audio at FopPodcast.com. You want to listen to back episodes, go to FopPodcast.com. You get a SoundCloud and a Rumble link. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. Spend time with your family. Our next show will be on the 11th. The 11th of April, year of our Lord, 2021. Until then, thank you all for listening. I'm sorry I jammed a lot of information. Took about eight gallon gallons of shit and put it through a one-inch pipe, but I, I got to go. You guys take care. See you Sunday.